if parenthood came with a GPS, it would most likely just say recalculating. Join Yulandi Becker and her guest experts Wednesdays at 11 a.m. for Bump and Beyond, the show about pregnancy and babies, 101.9 megahertz of life. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It feels like I haven't been with you in a while. It was so many long weekends that we had to get through. It was complete torture, wasn't it? <laughs> I'm kidding. I had such a great time and it was um, school holidays, um, celebrating Easter with my family. So it has been a wonderful time for me. But I am back. Last week, we had some technical difficulties, but I assure you, our show will go on today, but also next week. And I'll share a little bit more on our topic later. So you need to stay tuned as well. Today, though, as always, um, you are on Bump and Beyond with me, Yulandi Becker. And we are talking pregnancy and beyond, but specifically pregnancy today. Pregnancy is a pretty crazy experience, mentally, emotionally, physically, but that shouldn't come as a big surprise <laughs> because you are growing a little human inside of you after all. And this work takes a lot of toll. It's a lot of hormonal changes that happens and a lot of crazy stuff can happen to your body. I have to say for me, pregnancy personally, um, I was not, I mean, I remember everyone's like, enjoy this time and you're going to be glowing. You glow because you sweat a lot. <laughs> um, in the beginning, you're a bit nauseous. I was luckily not so nauseous in my beginning of my pregnancy. So that was really not both my pregnancies. Um, so that was not so bad, but I had the most horrible heartburn basically from the second trimester with both my children. It was, it was horrible. So much I was like walking around with those sachets of Gaviscon almost permanently in my, um, you can get Gaviscon from Diskim, by the way. I'm going to pun Diskim <laughs> before I even have to, but it was really, I, I, I honestly, I remember even giving birth and I was instantly the it was gone the heartburn and i felt so relieved it was like i mean obviously i felt joyous because i just gave birth to my baby <laughs> but that was an extra bonus for it but there's lots of things that happen to your body during pregnancy so one of those things is is that interestingly enough you have 45 percent more blood in your body um, so your blood volume actually increases during pregnancy obviously because you're building a whole new human um, and your heart is actually working harder and more efficiently, which results in more blood being ejected from your heart with every beat. It's like running a marathon, apparently, every day when you're pregnant. Um, I know how hard that is, so well done. Um, another interesting, or maybe I should rather use the weird, 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 interesting. Maybe not. We don't want to be weird while we're pregnant. Um, your pelvic bone may separate. As your body gets ready to deliver your baby, your pelvic bone can actually separate in the middle. Um, it's, it's not that nice to think about, but it is actually a good thing because your, your pelvis is opening to welcome your baby into the world, of course. Something that also happened to me that's not so great. Um, I had to get a whole new set of shoes, actually, is that my feet actually got bigger. 
which is very common, allegedly. I did my research on it. Lots of people. A study from the University of Iowa actually showed that during pregnancy, the arch of the foot actually flattens as a, re- a result of the relaxin, which is also part of the pelvic floor relaxing. But it happens to do that to your feet as well, which is not so great. Um, and also, obviously, the extra weight of carrying a human in your body. There's a lot more I want to share, but I'm getting the stink idea from Craig already um, that I need to go um, to an ad break. <laughs> this is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker, the show about pregnancy and babies. 101.9 megahertz of life. Yes, you are on 101.9 High FM with me, Yulandi Becker, and we are talking nutrition during pregnancy today. If you've just joined me, um, I've been talking about the weird and wonderful things that happen to your body when you are pregnant. Um, and it's funny though, because I was one of those idiots actually who, and I'm saying idiot because if you're doing it, you shouldn't be doing it. Um, that read a lot about pregnancy and forgot to read the book about actual <laughs> kids and raising children. Eventually I did, but I didn't do it while I was pregnant. So if you are pregnant, please don't just read about pregnancy. Please also read. But it is really a nice time um, because it's so, I mean, it's selfish to say, but you do get quite a lot of attention, especially if you're pregnant for the very first time. And it was really nice. Everyone fussing about you because once that baby's out, no one, no one is caring about you anymore. Um, if you're lucky, you'll get a foot rub from your husband or your partner. But anyway, I was actually mentioning as well that yes, your feet get bigger. Uh, you get more blood. Another very fun thing that happens when you're pregnant, uh, more often than not, is that you've got more hair. Obviously, that's really nice when it's on your head. <laughs> not so nice when it's on your chest or your abdomen or your arms and other places. So um, that's also a fun thing that happens. It's, and then as soon as the baby comes out, you lose a, a whole bunch of hair. Luckily, you had a lot to lose. And another very funny thing that lots of women talk about, and I have to say I've heard about it, mostly in movies. I have to say I did not experience this at all, is pregnancy cravings. Um, lots of people have mentioned funny things that they crave, like really odd things that they can be craving. But that's how kind of we're segueing into our conversation today with our expert in-house today, who is a registered dietitian, a certified lactation consultant. You can't get a better combo than that. Wife and, of course, a mother. As you all know, I don't interview people who are not parents. Um, of two beautiful girls, Natasha Willefeer. Thank you so much for joining me, Natasha. Thank you for having me. As I mentioned to you, I did not have pregnancy cravings um when I was pregnant uh I think I pretended I have to say I might because I saw in the movies you could get away with it it's a good time to start (laughs) so I definitely did for sure fake uh, ice cream at 10 o'clock please can you go to the garage for my husband in the middle how common is pregnancy cravings let's start with that is it a common thing pregnancy cravings from personal experience, I really can't say much about cravings either. I was 
not so blessed in being extremely nauseous throughout the first half of both of my pregnancies. So anything food related, I didn't really want to see. Overall, it's actually not that common to have cravings. And there's also no specific time in terms of you generally start around your fifth week, 10th week, whenever that cravings start. It's different for every woman. And yes, like we said, not every woman necessarily has them. I think it's a nice stage to have some to, yes, to have to fulfill your own cravings that might not be pregnancy related. But some women do experience pregnancy cravings, like I said, not necessarily at a specific time, but it can be related to the hormonal changes because there's obviously a lot going on in terms of hormones during that stage. And it can also be caused by a change in your sense of taste, your sense of smell, etc. that some things just attract your attention more than other things do. If they do start, they usually start in the first trimester. Many women start experiencing them around about the fifth week of pregnancy. So that'll be more or less when you find out that you're pregnant anyway, which again can mean that you just know that you're pregnant and it's a good time (laughs) to have the cravings. But they usually then get stronger in the second trimester and kind of subside in the third trimester when your appetite also generally takes a bit of a nosedive. I mean, the cravings are very interesting. I mean, I've read, I mean, again, personally, I don't know of anyone who has experienced, but I have read funny cravings, like (laughs) things where people crave, like licking a tire and stuff like that. Have you in practice ever heard of someone like with that? What is the normal kind of cravings that people have? I haven't really seen those kind of abnormal cravings, if you want to call it that. But if you do have any cravings for things that are not food related, things like maybe toothpaste or coal or even soil or ground or something like or that. Chalk. I've heard or of that. Chalk. Yes. Like chalk I've heard as well. <laughs> that would probably be a good reason just to have a checkup or to ch- ch- chat to your doctor or your midwife or something like that. Do you that. think it's a signal that you have a deficiency or something? It might be, but in most cases what I see in practice is your healthier or not healthier, no, definitely not healthier cravings, but your food-related cravings. So very often people will come and say they really crave chocolate now or they really feel like ice cream, they feel like lots more sweets or they have a craving for maybe fatty foods, things like chips. I crave that <laughs> now. <laughs> but I think that's the thing. I think very often in cravings, we also in pregnancy, we now have an excuse and we're allowed to have those cravings. We're allowed to indulge a little bit. I think it's something that we then just let come up. So overall, not that much science behind it. You might experience it, but we still want to look but more if, into health. If I think about it, like even just like around about my period time, I also, I've, I've, because I've, I'm lucky in that way that I don't have a big sweet tooth actually. So generally, thank goodness, <laughs> I don't. As a woman, I think that's a lucky thing. Um, but I don't generally have a sweet tooth, but during, you know, like I said, just before um, my period, I usually have a little bit more of craving. So maybe it is, you know. And it's very often hormonal related and it's the same with the menstruation. Yes, that is very often related. Menstruation, is that the word I should be using? My apologies. We're on radio. <laughs> I've always said, Kathy knows I'm allowed to say lots more things because we're talking about women and pregnancy <laughs> and parenting on this show than on any other show. I can also say pee and poop and boob without <laughs> worrying about it. So welcome. This is Yulandi Becker on Bump and Beyond. (laughs) Great. So we're moving into now, obviously, cravings and things that 
you crave. And I mean, there is something that I, I lie. I did have a craving, but it's because I knew I couldn't have it. <laughs> That's why I think I also now have the craving is that I know like there's certain th- foods that you should be avoiding. Like in my case, now it's, I'm thinking of sushi. <laughs> yes, a very common, common concern. And, and I, again, I think it had more to do with the fact that I was... I really do like sushi, and I think it was more to do with I knew I couldn't have we it. We could have it every day, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that was one of the first things I wanted. So what is some of the – let's start with that as well. Like what is what some of the foods we should be avoiding during pregnancy? If you look at um fish specifically, yes, definitely raw fish. Same for raw meats. That we want to avoid because those can contain bacteria. And because during pregnancy our immune system is a little bit weakened, we don't want to introduce any bacteria or anything like that that could possibly result in us getting food poisoning or anything like no. that. So there's enough nausea going around. So in terms of fish, yes, definitely raw fish, raw shellfish. Unfortunately, that does include sushi, etc. We don't want to exclude all, um, all fish, but we want to be a bit more consistent in terms of what we are eating. So we want to look at our um, certain fish that contains a bit more mercury that you should avoid. We don't really get that. Things like shark, marlin, swordfish. Um, but the food that we get or the fish that we get is tuna. So try and limit that to not more than two times a week. Okay. We'll get to more of those food we should be avoiding. I actually hope that was the list. <laughs> There's <laughs> a few more. <laughs> Just after this. This is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker, the show about pregnancy and babies. 101.9 megahertz of life. Great. If you've just joined me, you are on Bump and Beyond with me, Yulandi Becker, and we are chatting to registered dietitian, certified lactation consultant, mother of two and a wife, <laughs> Natasha Willefield, about what you should be eating during pregnancy. And she was already saying that we can't have raw fish, raw meat. And the list, I assume, goes on, unfortunately. It does, unfortunately, <laughs> continue a little bit longer. Alcohol is also why did you call We're that? Get that to alcohol. We are definitely going to get to alcohol. Let's finish up with all of our raw foods. So we've spoken about the raw fish. Raw meat is the same thing. So if you are having meat, make sure that your meat is well cooked. Also, make sure that your things like cured meat, your salami, your ham, those kind of things, they are not always cooked. They are very often smoked and not to a high temperature. So that might be something that you're a little bit more careful of or that you put into a quiche and properly bake before you eat it. Do you, I just want to know, while now I'm interrupting you, if you are beforehand more, and maybe you won't be able to answer this question, but if you are more prone to... You know, some people are just more sensitive stomachs. I feel I've got a really hardened stomach. I can take a lot. I don't know what my parents fed me when I was a baby, but I can eat. It takes a lot for me to get stomach problems. Um, is that, is that helpful during pregnancy or would that change? Is that related in any way? In terms of studies, I'm really not sure what I can say from patients that I've seen or from, you know, family members, mm-hmm. etc. Yes, it does seem like if you are sensitive to start off with, you shouldn't be more adventurous during pregnancy. <laughs> you should steer clear of, <laughs> of your dangerous foods regardless. Okay, fine. I was just hoping. I was trying to throw a lifeline. <laughs> no, I think in pregnancy, the last thing you want to end up with is morning sickness and a food poisoning. Yeah, no, that's true. 
Well, and then other, you said now uncooked meats, um, unpasteurized milk, what else? Yes, also unpasteurized milk, so anything that is made with unpasteurized milk, so if you look into cheeses and those kind of things. Especially at dailies where it's your, Exactly. Be careful also of your brie, camembert, those that have that white layer around, they do have some fungal growth on the outside, which is fine generally, but you never know what else is growing there if you've already got a weakened immune system. And then also be careful if you prefer your eggs more on the runny side. During pregnancy, you might want to look into harder boiled eggs because, again, there you can be exposed to things like really? salmonella, which, yeah, you don't want to I add really to the mix. forgot lots of these things. <laughs> one does. One does, right? Yeah, so that covers most of the food side of things. And then one of the big questions, yes, is alcohol. There yep. is no minimum safe level during pregnancy, so your very best bet is to avoid it. All in all, from the moment and that you are planning on pregnancy. No one's going to willingly participate in that study to find no, where no, that limit no, is. <laughs> yes. No, but I mean, it is, uh, again, I feel, and I told you this before we started is as well, that I actually, um, I was the, the, I don't think I have ever eaten so well while I was pregnant. It was really, I was so aware yes. of what to be eating and what not to be eating that I feel like I was in general, like very aware of it. Another thing, because now you talked about, uh, and this is something where I was also struggling a little bit about, what about, because you said no uncooked meat, then no bultong. Biltong depends on what you, where you are getting it from, etc. Yes, strictly speaking, it is a raw meat and you should be very careful with it. Given that it has things like salt added to it, that also does help to kill some of the bacteria. I won't say on air that yes, it is something that you can have, but it's definitely something that you should be careful Careful. of. Um, and again, make sure that if you have it, that is really dried out and that it's not the one that is still quite moist, etc. in the middle. So even though there's still stuff that you can eat, don't worry. We're going to get to that now. So that's the next thing is because that was also, like I said, I don't think I was ever healthier. My nails grew like so amazing and my hair was so flowy. Even though I was sweating quite a lot, my feet were bigger. Like I said, it was a lot hairier and other places as well. So it wasn't just bad. It was also, there was good things as well. Um, It was also, there is some supplements and stuff that you should be taking while pregnant. Yes, I think pregnancy in general is such a beautiful time. And I think because you're aware that it's not just about you, it's about someone more than you, you are, you end up being a bit more careful. You the end motherhood being, is already Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So you're not, you're, you're a lot more aware of what yeah. you're eating, how you're eating. And we definitely want to focus as a baseline on a healthy diet mm. to make sure that you include a lot of variety. You want to have different fruits and vegetables. You want to focus on good sources of proteins. So focusing on your meats, your fish in the rec- recommended amounts, everything well cooked, etc. Getting enough dairy, getting in enough of your whole grain carbohydrates. But we do know that the body needs quite a bit to build this little body inside of you. So there are a couple of things that we do want to look at in terms of supplementation. One of the most important ones is your folic acid, folic acid or a folate supplement. We do get it from our um, green leafy veg and those kind of things as well, but not in the amounts that we generally need during pregnancy. So folate, folic acid, definitely a supplement to look into. And that is one that you should consider taking from the moment that you actually start planning your family. So not only from the moment that you're pregnant. So definitely folic acid, very important. 
you spoke about the amount of blood that is increasing so dramatically. So yes, for that, we need a lot more iron and we want to really focus on our iron sources there as well. So important again to maybe go for a blood test as well while you are going for your follow-ups to see if you have anemia, if you are at risk or if you should be taking a little bit more iron in that regard. And then we're obviously building a whole new human who needs teeth and bones. So we need to make sure that we get in enough calcium and vitamin D as well. So our dairy, um, dairy products, very, very important. And then we're lucky in South Africa, good old sunlight gives us a lot of vitamin D. So if you can spend some time outside getting the vitamin D through your skin, um, that is also a really good option. And then things that you should also consider are things like omega-3 fatty acids and also your choline. Omega-3 fatty acids you get from your fatty fish, so things like salmon, pulses, those kind of fish that you should definitely also be incorporating in great. So, see, there is some good stuff also that we can be eating. There's quite a bit that we can. (laughs) See, not all things are. But um, you mentioned also about the iron and the more blood. And there's also um, something quite cool to remember is that you actually do give, because your blood in essence becomes your baby's blood, you actually give your baby a reserve of iron that they use up until the age of six months. That's why you can breastfeed and don't have to introduce solids before that time. Exactly. So it's, it's a miracle. It is amazing how everything you know, works together. It's really beautiful. And it's, it is also crazy to be growing a, a little human. No, it is insane. And use it as your excuse. <laughs> and, and I think naturally I feel that it was not so hard to eat healthily and whatever and all those things because it is, like you said, you were just thinking about the baby and I think your body wants those things. Yes. And it was getting ready to do those things and it's very helpful. You uh, Something I forgot to mention about because now I was thinking about all the things that you can't eat and I was actually thinking – because thinking I was just drinking a cup of coffee. <laughs> Common question. <laughs> so I wanted to know, can you drink coffee while you're pregnant? You can have caffeine. So it's not a complete no-no. It's not something that you should be excluding completely like alcohol or those kind of things. We don't want to avoid it completely, but we do want to limit it. If we're talking scientifically now, that's about 200 milligram per day. And if you look at what that actually means, if you're drinking instant coffee, you have about 100 milligrams. So you can have two cups of instant coffee a day. If you are looking at your good filter coffee, your higher quality, obviously a little bit more caffeine. So that contains about 140 milligrams. So there you should probably stick to maybe a cup and a half, not much more than that. Um, but a lot of people are then also afraid of chocolate, tea, those kind of things with caffeine. And the caffeine in those products is really quite minimal. So unless you are craving chocolate by the bucket loads you will not reach those levels so yes if you want to have your coffee you can definitely have a cup or two of coffee in the end of the day from a sleep perspective i just want to add again this is my side hustle as everyone knows i'm a sleep expert and from a sleep perspective coffee is not good for you in in any case so limited to two cups a day in general just (laughs) preferably having it in the morning if you've just joined us you are on bump and beyond with me yulandi becker and come on join in our conversation if you've got questions about anything that is food related what you can eat and what you can't eat also i would really like to hear some like funny cravings so if you or some funny cravings that you made up like me like <laughs> chocolate in the middle of the night now is the time to do it so if you haven't been doing it you can That's get away now. Yeah, you, you can get away with some things you can of course Phone us on 010-140-3020 
or you can SMS us at 34519. SMSs are charged at 1 Rand 50. Or you can send us a message on Telegram on 061-895-1019. We would love to hear some interesting, um, like I said, cravings. I would like to, or made up cravings. Tell us tonight I'm going to send my husband (laughs) to the garage at one o'clock. Now, don't make it so. That's now not nice. But you can prepare him for parenthood if you do that. (laughs) (laughs) So um, send us some messages. We would love to hear about that. But now we are talking, we've talked about the cravings and all those things and what you should be eating, what you shouldn't be eating. Luckily, there is a lot that you can still eat. Luckily, there's a whole variety of food out there. Phyllis is probably um, longer than you yeah, can have. <laughs> probably. Um, but now what, you know, how, how does this affect our, our child if we're eating healthily? What kind of impact does that have on our children if we are, are we avoiding certain things? Are we, what is it helpful? I think the really interesting thing we spoke about it just now already is this awareness that there is someone else coming along and you have some kind of influence on what is going to happen to them. Mm. And that is really true in terms of nutrition as well. What we eat, not only during our pregnancy, even before that, but specifically during our pregnancy can really influence what our children develop in terms of their risks for diabetes, risks for cardiovascular disease, even things like cancer chronic respiratory diseases, et cetera. And if you think about it, that we should really be a lot more aware of what we are eating and what we are putting in our body anyway. But remember that we often talk about the first thousand days in a baby's life. And that actually starts from the moment of conception. So that is during, that includes the whole period of pregnancy. And if we then think about cravings, ice cream, chocolate, should we really give into those things or should we rather focus on a healthy diet, a healthy weight gain throughout pregnancy to make sure that we reduce our children's risk of future complications of future diseases like diabetes, obesity, overweight, etc. Because we do know that an unhealthy diet and an unhealthy lifestyle as such can contribute to the development of gestational diabetes mellitus in us as a mom, which can then impair our children's development and increase their risk of type 2 diabetes and cardiovascular risk in future. But the same thing for our children directly. If there are challenges in the environment in utero, so during pregnancy, the body adjusts and it kind of primes certain organs to be more important and to need nutrients in more detail And in those kind of senses, then the kidneys, the pancreas, things that we might need later in life aren't prioritized. And that has effects in later life to then have a higher risk of diabetes, etc. So parenting really does start even before you before you know it, before you make. So maybe that one glass of wine before the pregnancy test was not such a good idea. (laughs) Anyway, let's move on. You know, there's two things that I want to ask about that now. First of all, the first thing that you mentioned was weight gain. What is a a normal weight gain for a woman? How much weight should you be gaining during pregnancy? Okay, that's a very good question. The most important thing that we need to start off with is you do not need to eat for two from the second that you do become pregnant. I knew I shouldn't have gotten her yet. (laughs) But we do need to keep that for a little bit later. So during our first trimester, really we're growing cells. We're not growing that much of the baby yet. So during the first 13 weeks or so, we unfortunately cannot say we need that much extra food. So during that time, weight gain is quite limited. And the most of our weight gain then happens during the second um, trimester, during the second half of the pregnancy as such. 
So yes, not eating for two. We want to make sure that we're eating our quality rather than quantity. Mm. But if we look at weight gain, it depends very much on your pre-pregnancy weight and where you started. If you had a normal BMI and were within the normal weight ranges, we're generally looking at about 11 and a half to 16 kilograms throughout the pregnancy. If you are underweight, obviously that'll be a little bit higher. So there you can go up to 18 kilogram. And then if you are overweight or obese, that drops down a little bit in terms of overweight. We don't want to go above 11.5 kilogram. And if you are obese, we want to limit it to nine kilogram to make sure that we give the children the best chance in future of not developing overweight and obesity. I mean, that's... I can't remember that now. I can't remember how much weight I gained. I felt like I felt like a That's mini exactly. elephant. That's for sure. <laughs> but I can't remember. But um, also, how long then does it take? Because that I also can remember. It's not like the baby comes out and you're instantly back to your normal weight. How no. long should it take you to go back to your normal weight in general? It really shouldn't be your focus initially, especially during those first couple of months, first three to six months. I feel like it's pretty good. It, it depends. It really depends from woman to woman. Some women lose the weight very easily, especially, especially with regards to breastfeeding. Others really struggle. And for them, we want to encourage that you focus on your baby and breastfeeding and your family first. And yes, but look at trying to lose the weight towards one ki- one year afterwards to try and rega- um, get back to your pre-pregnancy weight. Start eating healthier or hopefully continue eating healthier. Start exercising slowly again from three to six months or something to get back into a rhythm because we a don't whole want to- new show coming <laughs> up on that. I'm very sure. <laughs> the whole different challenging topic. Yes. But back to your baby now as well. If you've just joined us, you are on 101.9 High FM with me, Yulandi Becker, and I'm to- uh, talking to dietitian and lactation consultant Natasha Willefield about what you should and shouldn't be eating during pregnancy and the, uh, like very surprising also the importance of what you should and shouldn't be eating. I mean, I thought it was going to be fun. Now I'm feeling like <laughs> the pressure is on here, <laughs> which is good. Luckily, we know that there is quite a lot. Um, but you did mention, of course, that there is if, if you are overweight and if you're eating certain things that you can increase the risk of your child forming diabetes, which is, it is a hard disease to deal with. But is there a possibility for us also to reduce the risk of allergies or something like that if we are eating properly during pregnancy? Yes, definitely. And I think that's something very exciting that we can delve into. In the past, very often it was said that you should avoid certain foods during pregnancy so that you do not increase allergy risk. And we've actually seen in a lot of studies coming out that that's not true at all. We should be eating as wide a variety as we can during pregnancy to already expose our babies to small amounts of this. So things like especially peanut allergy. Do not avoid peanut butter, peanuts, etc. during your pregnancy unless, of course, you are allergic yourself. But try and increase the include these in your diet. So try and have your peanuts, peanut butter, allergenic foods like that to already expose your baby to those different foods during pregnancy and make sure that you actually reduce their risk of developing those allergies because they have been exposed throughout pregnancy, even breastfeeding and beyond. I mean, that's also so interesting. And I mean, I remember that I, I mean, that I didn't even, I definitely didn't cut. I, I really like peanuts and peanut butter and I generally don't. So maybe I had cravings and I didn't even realize. Maybe it was that. a healthy, good craving. <laughs> um, but it is interesting that you can have such an impact. I didn't realize that you can actually have such an impact on, luckily I was eating healthy. Thank goodness. But more on this just now. <laughs> 
This is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker, the show about pregnancy and babies, 101.9 megahertz of life. Yes, you are on 101.9 High FM with me, Yolandi Becker, and we are talking bump and beyond, more bump than beyond <laughs> today. Um, and pregnancy and what we should be eating and shouldn't be eating. And again, like I mentioned earlier, it, it was for me quite, I loved being pregnant. Um, I think it's more about the tension. (laughs) I really did love being pregnant and I enjoyed the tension that I got. And also the self-awareness of being pregnant. Like I said, I had serious heartburn. Yes. While I was pregnant. Has that, does that have to do, because I don't feel it was something I was necessarily eating. No, it's not necessarily related to what you're eating. It is related to that little munchkin that keeps on growing and pushing your stomach up, pushing all your organs up right to your throat. That's it, up Exactly. (laughs) And just leaving very little place for or space for your food to actually go to. So the easiest route does seem up in a lot of women. And unfortunately, that result does result in heartburn. So yeah, also not really that much that you can do about it during pregnancy if you are one of the unfortunate ones that you do, that does have it. I actually, I have a tip on that. It sucks now if you're pregnant now because it's becoming cold. But I mean, to be honest, you're always hot anyway when you're pregnant. But it actually helped for me to lie in the swimming pool. I don't know if the buoyancy or whatever <laughs> helped, but just lie. I mean, in general, I loved it because I felt a lot less heavy. Yes. yes. <laughs> That's why water birth is a good one. <laughs> um, I was actually contemplating it while I was lying there in the pool, uh, while very heavy. Um, but yes, that actually helped me a bit when I was lying in the pool for some other reason. I don't know if there's, uh, maybe I should do a study on that. Maybe the we buoyancy. should find out whether anyone else has smart ideas for that. Yes. yes, please do. If you want to contribute, obviously, to a conversation that's very fast coming to an end. Um, unfortunately, luckily, if you've missed our show, don't worry. It will be available on a podcast. And for sure, Natasha, I'm definitely getting you in. We need to continue this conversation <laughs> now <laughs> beyond pregnancy. Um, and also maybe into our kid ourselves as well. So if you've missed it, don't worry. Our show will be on hivefm.com and this obviously podcast and many other podcasts before of our show and all other shows on hivefm is available on our website at hivefm.com. Again, if you want to join in our conversation and sharing some of your insights, don't be afraid to SMS us on 34519. SMSs are charged at 150, or you can send us a telegram on 101 um, 140 30 20. And we would love to hear some of those sneaky things that you craved in the middle of the night and you got your husband to get to you from there. But before Natasha now leaves us, there is some questions I still wanted to ask you because it is always so interesting for me, especially now with other cultures and things like that, because my kids in general hate spicy food. Yes. <laughs> um, and then I always wonder, like, I mean, obviously there's lots of kids who do eat spicy food. Um, how is there something related to what you're eating during pregnancy? Can you create a palate? That's what I'm now asking for your child, because now we know it can influence diabetes. We know that you can influence allergies. 
Can you make them only eat vegetables? Can you create a vegan in vitro? <laughs> I'm not sure if you can go quite that far, creating, <laughs> creating an express desire for certain foods. But what we have definitely seen in studies is that if you eat a wider variety of foods, that actually gets transferred to your amniotic fluid and it actually flavors your amniotic fluid. So things like garlic, vegetables, etc can flavor your amniotic fluid and that your baby already tastes in utero. So you are already or you can already expose them to a variety of different tastes and flavors while in utero. And it does appear that that might make them a little bit more likely to enjoy and taste those foods once they get a little bit older because, yes, a topic for a different day, but we all know that veggies aren't necessarily on the top of our baby's lists of things to eat. Sand and those things might seem a little bit more interesting. But very important to remember that, yes, what we are eating during pregnancy can already influence what our baby's taste palate develops like in future and can also make them more likely to accept, especially the foods that they generally don't accept, like vegetables. Mm. I must have been eating a, a lot of tomato and tomato sauce because my daughter has like this <laughs> obscene love of tomato sauce and tomatoes. So I must have been eating quite a lot of that while she was inside me. I can't remember it. Maybe that's now, <laughs> now I'm starting to think maybe I did eat something to cause the heartburn. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I saw. Might have, yeah, might have contributed. But, but that now is now the thing is, is that now I'm wondering about because Obviously, we did talk about cravings and one of those things, I mean, in general, that I feel that women crave is ice cream and sugar and stuff like that. But is that then increasing the sugar palate for our babies? Is You can possibly already, if you do it in excess, yes, influence a sweet tooth, etc. Um, there aren't express studies that I am aware of on ice cream and sugar as such. But yes, I would definitely say that you need to eat a variety. And that means including everything. You can have your ice cream. There's nothing to say you shouldn't have it. But make sure that that doesn't become your main staple breakfast, mm. lunch and dinner to make sure that, again, you expose them to as wide a variety as possible. Same thing goes for healthy foods like fruits and vegetables. You don't want to be up eating apples every day no. of the week. You want to make sure that you have a wide variety of that. And, yes, that can include things like ice cream, but we don't want to go overboard on that either. Um, uh, there's also now something that I was also thinking about. I mean, we've now talked about a lot of that you should have a variety. And, I mean, to be honest, that's, isn't that always the case? We always, we know these things. Yes, we do. <laughs> I don't know why we have to tell us again, but we, we know these things. We should have a, a variety of foods, but constipation is also quite a common thing with pregnancy. Is there, what can, what can, what kind of foods can help with? And again, I feel like I know the answer already. <laughs> um, but what are some foods that you should be including in your diet to help with those type of things? Yes. So a lot of women do experience constipation during pregnancy. One, because again, the colon just doesn't have any space to fit in anymore, but also because of the hormones, etc., the whole system becomes a little bit more sluggish. So that does also contribute towards constipation. And yes, we probably do know the answer to that. It really, again, comes down to increasing especially your fiber content. So your fiber is the things you find in your fruits and vegetables again, also in your all whole grain. All fruits and vegetables or the specific ones that are better? 
There are fruit and vegetables that are higher, but generally your fresh fruit and vegetables have a lot of fiber in, so I wouldn't go into too much detail there. With the peel or without the peel? Preferably with the peel if you have washed it well to make sure that you don't have any residue soil or anything on it. Preferably yeah. with the sal- with the, um, yes, with the peel. No. Yeah. As far, as far as you can, yes. And then also your other, your fiber, fibrous carbohydrates. So your whole grain foods, your potatoes with the skin, sweet potatoes with the skin, things like bulgur wheat and those I kind of things. Skin is the right word. Peel is not the right word. <laughs> Depends what you're talking about. <laughs> um, but because I, now that, like I said, like I can recall, it's, you know, quite, I mean, my kids are nine <laughs> and 11. I can't remember all the things, but while we're talking now, I'm recalling all these things, all the wonderful, all the great, wonderful things that happen. And constipation is like you go through these phases where Definitely. it's either or. Let's talk to the yes. other extreme. Yes. What should you, what can you do if your stomach is runny or something like that? What should you be eating then? Runny stomach, again, try to make sure that you have your more soluble fibers. So things like a banana, for instance, can work quite well to slow things down a little bit more but again very often it is hormone related and there's not too much that you can do to change the hormones during that stage so again variety moderation don't eat too much fatty food don't eat too much sweet and sugary foods um rather stick to things like bread or something like that that can also and water fluid how much water should we be drinking more than the the 50 liters that we should be (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't increase that dramatically so if you yeah try to drink about a liter and a half or two liters in a day that should be enough, especially if you are increasing things like your fiber. Remember to increase your um, water okay. as well. We're going to finish. Oh, Craig, why? Why, Craig? <laughs> we have to take a break. <laughs> this is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker, the show about pregnancy and babies. 101.9 megahertz of life. And just like that, another show is coming to an end. And it was a good one. So if you've missed it, you can go to com just now and you can listen to the podcast, share it with your friends, share it on Facebook, because now we know how important it is, what you should be eating during pregnancy. And you should know these things. So I want to thank my guest today, Natasha, for joining me today. Um, Natasha, if people want to look for you, where can they find you? (laughs) (laughs) Physically, they can find me in Pretoria East, but if you are looking for me online or on social media, you can follow me at lactation.dietitian on Facebook and Instagram. I love sharing notes, etc. on there. So yes, if you want to have a look there, I'd be very grateful. And there's a lot of interesting stuff on nutrition, generally pregnancy. And like babies. I said, she's one of those rare breeds of lactation consultants and dietitians. And I always say when, when you're working with pediatrics and children and pregnancy and all those things, it's such a nice thing to have because then you, you have someone that from the start, like you pregnant, helping you. Then you have the baby, they can help with the baby and the breastfeeding. <laughs> then they help you with the baby introduction to solids, your baby weight. It's like one-stop shop, eh? It becomes a whole journey. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. Thank you so much. It was such, I've learned so much. I, I Probably maybe a little bit late for me. <laughs> but luckily, I know you are listening out there. And this was a fantastic talk. Um, and I've, and so important because there's so many things that we can set up our children with easy things. And again, things that we should know. 
um, about we know we should be eating a berry diet. You should be drinking water on a regular basis. And these are the things that you want to continue adding on to those supplements that, again, uh, Natasha <laughs> shared with us. So if you've missed it, please go have a listen. And, of course, those things that you need to avoid. A baby is something that you carry inside you for nine months, in your arms for three years, and in your heart until you die. Um, so that's why, um, like I mentioned earlier, it is really such a journey from, I think the parenting journey literally begins when you make the choice that you want to have a baby. It's not always um, easy for any of us. And that's always something I want to to put out there is that you have to remind yourself that your journey and choices is yours and not someone else's. Um, and you don't know. Some of the choices we make is willingly that we choose something, but lots of the choices we make as parents, it's not always willingly. It's kind of forced on you. And you don't know that the choices that you make as a parent is the exact <laughs> combination of choices that is going to make a Nelson Mandela. You don't know. Um, you are only trying your best. And every parent is doing exactly the same. So when you are on social media, please be kind. <laughs> the world is changed by our example and not by our opinion. Let's lead by example for our children. If you've missed this today, don't worry. The podcast will be available on highfm.com with all our other, other podcasts. But next week... It's going to be an exciting show next week. It was supposed to be last week. But next week, I am joined by Galia Forkson. Uh, yeah, and we're going to be talking sex after kids. So make sure you join me for that sizzling spicy show next week. Thank you for joining me for today. Until next time, enjoy the rest of your day. Bye.